Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. It's good to be with you today. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning, and it is blue skies in Colorado, just the way we want it. And uh, I got a really good friend in the booth, of course. You know him as Pastor Thomas. I think his parents know him as Tom. Is that correct? One of your siblings calls you Tom. Yeah, I think they all do. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they. it's kind of funny. Probably outside the church, yeah. everybody calls me Tom. But inside, you have to be Thomas. Yeah. Because there's already the Tom. <laughs> the Tom Shirk of Calvary Bible Church. Who's been around a lot longer than you Oh, have. yeah. And um, he doesn't want my voicemails <laughs> going to him. <laughs> hey, we got something really fun going on in our lives tonight. I have actually literally draft. That's big. That's big I, time. I saw the ranking of your your oldest boy and his uh, his skill sets. Mm. Kick and rake. <laughs> I think it's gonna, this little league's gonna be. Hilarious. It's gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be so much fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's between here and next week. We got a lot of work to do. When do I find out what team my kid's on? Uh, probably tonight. Oh, really? I probably can tell you. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Inside information. Inside information. Okay. Did you end up going and getting like all the supplies and stuff for your kid? Oh yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, I had to get him a new bat, the t-ball bat. Just don't cut it anymore. (laughs) You know, it's sort of weird. This is the first for us in our family. This is the first like sport we played rec center sports, but that's not really sports. That's just like you know, fun. Yeah. Get introduced to this idea of sports, and now like this is little league. Yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. Chris yeah. and I sat down and thought, you know, we had all these 82 nights and weekends available <laughs> between now and June. Yeah. What should we do with them? We should sign someone up for baseball. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that. Hey, man, I'm, I'm coaching, too. I'm managing. So that's good. I, I went to the informational meeting for managers. And I thought, why am I doing this? It's a lot of work. A it's lot. gonna be good. It'll be good. You're a good coach. It'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. And I'm I'm doing it with really good friends. That's more important than actually anything else for me. It's doing it in a community. So literally coming up, letting you know. I actually have our team name, by the way. I'm not gonna reveal it today. Well. Wow. But the weekly will know our team name by next week. Are we are you gonna ever like do a podcast live from the Little League <laughs> That'd be great, Dad's a very yeah, on your other podcast, uh, Dad's other, Yeah, that's if you don't know, which all of you know. <laughs> Jay has a podcast empire. A podcast, yes, empire. A few shows now, though, and the thing. But uh, Dad's Aviary, we've been doing it since 2016. Before podcasts were real podcasts. Been pretty cool. Dad's Aviary, man. <laughs> Talking about the dad life of Erie, Colorado. Okay, let's jump in, man. We, we, we have a great series here. We're in the book of James. I hope you're enjoying getting your journals. But before we get into the conversation today with Tom Milburn, we are going to let you know what's happening at Calvary. Like always, I say it all the time, go to calvarybible.com, click your campus, click your events, find out what's happening. There's some major things happening here that I know that across all campuses. One, Men's Madness is almost like less than 14 days out now. And that's going to be a really fun event. It's a Friday night. To kick off the men's NCAA tournament, food, cornhole, and then on Saturday morning to come back 
and really hear about how a few guys grew in their faith, how they got connected in community and just be inspired to be men who are known. It's going to be really fun. So Men Madness, you want to sign up. If your wife listened to this, you should go up and just sign up your husband and say you're going to go. and We will cover all the details later for getting your guide there. It's a blast. A few years ago in 2019, historically, I said there will be unlimited Chick-fil-A nuggets. They were gone in five minutes, Thomas. There, Yeah, that was a promise. <laughs> It was a promise that I could not keep because those men were hungry. When you have like over 100 men eating all they can eat nuggets. You should have planned better. <laughs> I, I called Blackjack. I was like, I need 15 pizzas. Stat. They're like, when do you need yeah. those, sir? I was like, no. <laughs> you should have thrown some chicken on that and been yeah, like, totally. see, this is where the next round of chicken nuggets go. Okay. Also, what's happening at Calvary is the egg hunt. We are looking on all the campuses for you to step in and help. You can go to calvarybible.com and to events to sign up to help with the egg hunt. That's a historically just a beautiful, incredible event that Calvary does. It's about outreach. We're not just providing candy for eggs and the Easter Bunny is going to be there. But more importantly, each egg is part of the story of the gospel and your kids, your friends' kids, the neighbor kids, your community will hear the gospel over and over again on the egg hunt. So why not serve there? Why not volunteer? Sign up today. There are uh, sign-up geniuses for every campus, and we would love to have you help pull that event off. How many people usually come to that? Like 400, 500 people? Yeah, historically, several yeah. hundred people. So we need a lot of volunteers, a lot of help to make that just a great Calvary event. Okay, also we have Good Friday coming up on all the campuses along with your Easter services. Can you believe that? It's almost Easter, spring. And then here is your historic, only the church tells you this, and your 10 o'clock news, you need to move forward your clocks next Sunday morning. Spring forward. Spring forward. It's here. I'm so excited. Historically, if the church didn't announce that, would anyone in America know to spring forward? No, they should really move it to a Monday. <laughs> is that why churches announce it? Because they're like, we need you here on Sunday. Well, I think it's because it impacts them. Oh, it impacts you know? them. Yeah, I get it. But if we move it, I think maybe just move it to a random Wednesday. And just see how the world <laughs> see how the world likes it. <laughs> see how teachers like it. Yeah. Hey, so uh, we're springing forward. It's spring is in the air. Blue skies, snow on the ground. It's a Colorado spring, my friends. Okay, jump into James. Actually, no, I know what I need to talk about. I got ahead of myself here. We are watching the news cycles. We are, what, 11, 12 days into the war in Ukraine. Thomas, I would ask you, what should our response be as Christ followers as we watch this unfold? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to give the, this is the blanket should response, but here's some things that have, I've been processing, and maybe that's helpful for you guys um, who are listening, but... I think anytime war breaks out, it's just a tr it's just a tragedy, right? I mean, the war is is always there's like some self interest in it, and um, three things that I pray for, and three three things that we've been praying for is that God would restrain evil, right? So we're, I think you know, your posture of prayer is immediate, you know, going to the Lord and asking Him because He's the one that sets up rulers, right? He's the right. one that like brings down rulers, and so we petition Him to restrain evil. We just don't want evil to have its way. We're praying. Let thy will be done on earth as it's happening in heaven. Like his will is 
perfectly executed in heaven, and we want to see that happen on earth. So restraining evil, um, just praying that um, life is preserved, praying that people's lives are saved um, just miraculously, that God gives protections, especially to those who are most vulnerable, uh, those who are, are having to leave cities, um, that God would find the, give them ways out, resource them with a, an exit, and then those who are in the conflict, that really conflict would be resolved miraculously, maybe without even losing human life. Right. So preserve life, and then bring justice. Like, we just crave God's reign. You know, like, that's what we're looking forward to in heaven, right, right, is Jesus on the throne with the Father and the Spirit reigning, and we all get to live under that reign. And so would he bring justice? And the reason I, I love to pray for justice is I'm not smart enough to know how to bring that about and who is fully in the wrong and who's in the right and what's going on. Um, I have a, an idea of that based on news that I get, you know, um, but I could be misled. And yeah. so I'm just praying for God to bring the right justice. Yeah. Outside that, I think you start, I mean, I don't know what people's contacts are, but if you have global contacts, like here at Calvary, we have global missionaries. And so whenever war breaks out in different regions, we're immediately connecting with people that we know that are living in the regions. How can we support them, help them? What do they need? Um, and then get creative. I think there's there's some of us who really want to be involved, and you're like, it just seems so far away. How do I tangibly get involved? And I just love to hear how people have creatively resourced people in Ukraine. Um, I saw that you know some people were um, getting on people's VRBOs or Airbnbs and reserving uh, weeks um, not going to Ukraine, but that cash then would be in hand for Ukrainian families right. that were renting out their Airbnbs or VRBOs. And there's a timeline on that, you know, exactly when they get their resources, but they're actually able to get them financially resourced through kind of like a back channel. And yeah. so I just love how people get creative and try to tangibly resource people who are in crisis. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and I told John this last week, I've just walked around angry for the last 10, 12 days, just how evil this is and um how important it is that in our in our world that evil gets restrained you know and i i wish i would pray to reserve preserve life first you know but my prayers are a little more forthcoming of just mad at times mad at god mad at the situation mad that so many people are affected you know yeah i think i think that's a good we, we've talked about this before where it's a wake-up call to realizing there is real evil in the world. Right. And we live in a, in a pretty happy, secluded place in America, especially right. here in Colorado. And just to know like that our faith is real mm-hmm. and that God, who in his goodness, who is defeating evil, is defeating a real foe. Right. I mean, that is a real foe. And so for some people, and maybe it's our younger crowd, need to wake up to yeah. the real world they live in. Totally. And really activate their faith. And I think that's where like, I th- the Protestants, I think being a Protestant, you know, evangelical Protestant, my view of the church is so small mm-hmm. and really trying to have a bigger view of, okay, now the church globally in all these different places needs to step up. Mm-hmm. I know you were sharing with me, um, you had some friends that were living in Moscow, right? Yeah, they were working with crew, the Culbertsons, and they're back. They're just left over the weekend um, out of Moscow. And they basically packed up not knowing they'd ever be back. They've served in Moscow to the people of Moscow for almost 15 years and producing uh, material to share the gospel, to teach English, and to really live a life of faith in front of Moscow students in the universities. And Dan uh, said he is a part of a church that does Ash Wednesday, and that was last week. And he said that the church was filled with 
uh, Russians who don't know where to turn. And Dan and Rachel's prayer since the beginning of this conflict has been Russia needs pastors. And I think that's really important for me and for all of us to realize, like, you know, we have Ukraine and we need to be praying for the church there, but we also need the church in Russia and that the gospel will be bright and beautiful and Jesus would be lifted up. And Jesus calls us to pray for laborers, you know? And uh, I think that's really important in this season, yeah. especially with those two countries. Yeah, and, and historically, you know, they've been Christian countries, Orthodox countries, um, and to have those churches being filled, people seeking the Lord, is a, is a great thing. Right. And then we think maybe that would happen in Europe too, which Europe has had a decline, right? Right. In their spiritual appetite and desires for the Lord. And so perhaps we just need to be really praying for that global church, um, not just the conflict, but the church within that conflict to be able to minister to people. Yeah, the Polish church has been amazing. Oh my just gosh, to hear yeah. the stories coming out of there already. And, you know, even, even in our news cycles, like um, even in our national NPR, they had a story of a mom and kids coming across the border from Ukraine to Poland, and their church, she was a, her husband's a youth minister who had to stay back in Ukraine. And like NPR's carrying the story. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. And she was she was forthright about, you know, first we trust God, you know. Second, this is really scary. And third, we have a community on the other side of this border who's gonna take us in because of our faith and we're connected in a local church. And I just thought that was amazing that yeah. NPR would carry that that story. Yeah, and uh, you know, for us in America who feel so far removed from it, I think that's where we can partner with people is through the local church, yep. resourcing them as well. Um, and, you know, these are trying times, which I'm glad the you know, first four weeks in James yeah, is all about how does the church yeah. go through trials? No doubt. No. no doubt. And if that's not preparing us, you know, we, we started, we did James. Actually, Mark mentioned this from the stage at Men's Advance. The first weekend of March of 2020, it was the last time the men of Calvary had would gather for several months. Uh, and it was just amazing. We did the book of James. And who knew what God was doing? Like, yeah. We thought we were just getting through a great book of the Bible. God was planting seeds to carry the Calvary men through a really hard season of 2020. And I think that's the, the piece that I would just tell everybody to pay attention to is when when we do teach the Bible the way we do at Calvary, we're like not trying to do series thematically, um, but just, hey, we're going to open up the next book of the Bible and teach through it. Like God has set an agenda for us that I'm not even aware of. Like right. why is he putting this in our life? And so it's good to receive these words, yeah. um, instructions, probably in times without trials maybe in your life, mm-hmm. so that when trials do come, um, you know how to respond. Yeah, we... You and I have this f- funny saying that you don't put up, uh, you don't put slabs of, you don't hang sheet rock, sheet, sheet rock in the middle of a hurricane. Yeah, yeah. You do that before. You do that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't pour a foundation in the middle of a tsunami. Yeah, you build, and that you know what's what's great is that this Sunday we're actually going to talk about that. Is what do you do? Yeah. Um, we're. we're we're in this first chapter and James is kind of hard to nail down as far as like flow of thought. What's the structure organization? Like so many scholars have tried to slice and dice this thing and get in James's mind. 
Um, so many people have also like tried to draw parallels between mm-hmm. uh, what James is writing and, and Jesus' teachings, specifically like the Sermon on the Mountain. Um, nothing's conclusive, right? Right. But in this first chapter, I think the pattern that I would point people to is he opens up writing to the church in the diaspora, so those who are outside Palestine, and they're going through some really big hardships and trials. And he's going to allude to those trials throughout the book um, of injustice and you know, people who have stolen their property, who speak poorly of them, um, prejudice. And it's just kind of all over the map. And so he begins, like I think a good pastor would have, okay, let me just start with you where you're at, which is hardship. And so the first chapter, I think, James lays out as a pastor would have, what's our response in the middle of trials? And if you haven't been with us, I'm going to share this on Sunday too, but this kind of catches us up with, I think at the beginning is first what to think mm-hmm. um, or how to think. So when something tragic happens in your life and you're like, I don't even know what to think about this or how to think about this. James immediately says, okay, turn your mind on. And he says, and consider it all joy, like count it towards joy. We talked about this cycle of this formation that we're in with faith. And he wants you to think about what is on the other side of the trial. The, the trial's not joy. It's not like this is a good thing that's happening. Um, it's the same thing Jesus did with the cross. He counted it as joy, not the cross, but what was on the other side, what would be produced from the cross. So first, how to think about your trials, and then he turns into like what to ask for in your trials. And so many of us, we ask to get out of it or get over it. Um, but he says, no, ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. And wisdom, we talked about as it provides um, a way to go through trials, like how do we navigate it, and then also how to how to grow from it. Like I want right. to glean what God's doing in my life. So how to think, how to ask, or what to ask. And then uh, I think he turns into what we looked at this last week is how to listen. How to listen, yeah. And he says, you know, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And uh, the, I think the listening here is about the word of God, mm-hmm. right? So he's already talked about the implanted word that's able to save your souls. Yep. He talks about the implanted word that's able to bring you forth and the implanted word um, that's transforming you that, that Mark talked about here in Erie. Right. And... uh I think there's something about in the middle of trials, when things get really hard, we become really poor listeners. No doubt. And I think we, I think what he's alluding to here is listening is listening to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Like the word of God is before and after that. I don't think it's just a proverbial saying. Um, and so when we're in trials, um, do we start closing our Bibles more mm-hmm. and we stop listening? When we're in trials, do we stop attending church? Do we stop attending life group? Um, because we're kind of getting mad at God or bitter at the situation. No doubt. And so we stop listening to the words of God. And here James is saying, I think in the middle of trials, this is this is how you think, this is what you ask for, and then be quick to listen. Like in the middle of trials, be quick to open up the word of God. Mm-hmm. Be quick to get around the preaching of God's word. Be quick to be around the community of God that's talking about God's word and listen to it. Otherwise, you're going to be speaking. You're going to be talking about things you don't know about. Right. Um, and that can grow a heart of bitterness and anger and maybe resentment even towards God or towards others. Like, why me? Why am I have to go through this? Why is this happening to me and not to them? And you just kind of close down your ears and then you start closing down your life. Yeah. And listen, friends, this is the only reason Thomas is, knows this and he's pointing to this is that I'm guessing in your own life, it was the opposite at times. Oh, abs- like that's the thing, right? Yeah, that's is- the thing. It was absent in my life. Like there's trials. I, the first thing to go is Bible reading. Yeah. Easy. Like, if this doesn't work, I'm done with this. Yeah, totally. Like, if this worked, I wouldn't be in this trial. No doubt. And, and I think James, I mean, I think in James's mind, obviously, they don't have their personal Bibles. That's the public reading of Scripture that's happening at synagogue. Right. And so he's saying, like, 
get to synagogue, you know, yeah. list, like be really quick to listen, like absorb, go into synagogue, expecting the living God to speak and for you to hear something. Yeah. And you're giving me a really good rabbit trail here is that in the first century, the, the way in which Christians grew was they listened to the word of God. Like, just think about that. Like, you know, we have our personal Bibles, we have these reading plans, we have these ideas of what we should be doing with our Bibles and all that stuff. But the the majority of the Christian world just listened to the Bible. Yeah. And just listened and meditated on it. And sermons were preached through it. And they told each other it. You know what I mean? Through an oral tradition, which is a beautiful thing if you think about it. And it's one of the most forming things we can do. Like, if you look at the Old Testament, the people of God, when they listened to the word of God, life went better for them. <laughs> Way better for them. Yeah. So, so. you know, I, someone smarter than, than I would probably tell me why this works this way. But oftentimes when I'm really fatigued because of a trial, it's harder to read than to listen. Yeah. I don't know why. This, maybe it's just for me. Um, that's why I love, like, some of these apps. Right. Like the, the, the Bible Gateway app. Or even you can go online at Bible Gateway. Or, or the U version. U version. And yeah. then you choose... A or translation. Street light. The street light is really cool. Yeah. That's a really fun. I think, is that part of Olive Tree? I can't remember. I don't know. Oh. I, the That's a really cool ministry going on right now. And, and I just take a passage. Usually it's not in an epistle. Usually it's more narrative, a yeah. gospel. And it's like, I just want to hear the life of Jesus. And I just hit play. Totally. And it's, it's different than reading and getting caught up on maybe like all the sentence structures for me. But yeah. just listening to God's word. Totally. It's helpful. And I don't know, I wonder why that is. Someone smarter than, than I am. You know, even in, in COVID when I was pretty sick, I, I told you this a few times, like the most comforting thing that actually would bring comfort wasn't medicine or anything like it was, I would just get my phone out and listen. I couldn't read. I couldn't mentally process that. I didn't want to even watch TV. You know, I didn't want to do anything really. And listening to the word of God brought so much comfort to me. Interesting. And I just, you know, we do this as a pastoral ministry. You and I, we read scripture to people in hospitals and bedridden and shut-ins and, and all these different places. But it was just a great reminder to me, like, this is good medicine for my soul. Yeah. To hear the word of God. So that's, I mean, I think in the middle of trials, we, look at our culture, I think um, Mark did a really nice job of like, what, are, what is our natural tendency yeah. in the middle of trials, yeah. which is... Completely the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to become angry. So, yeah. like, things in Ukraine break out or things in our local um, community break out. And all the talking heads, mm -hmm. right? Everybody has to send out an immediate tweet of totally. their opinion. And then they're angry, like, just breeding anger of who's at fault, why they're at fault. Um, and then, you know, when they learn that they actually didn't have all the facts right... Yeah. Then they're angry that someone lied to them. And then, you know, they're just quick yeah. to speak about the next thing of who, who misinformed them. Right. It's like, I think a good posture for the church when things kind of blow up in life and they say, what do you think about this? Like, well, you know what? Let's wait for all the facts to come in. Mm -hmm. Let's wait just a little bit. And then maybe I'll give my response. Yeah. Let's examine the word of God. What does the word of God say about this situation? Yeah. yeah. Like just, just be slower. I mean, everything is so fast. Everybody wants, you know. Instant. Instant commentary and i think for us like you know what maybe maybe i'll just let that sit for a minute yeah let me give it some thought mm -hmm. and i'll speak about that later 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's so good. You know, I think when we talk about this, um, one of the things that really caught my attention with this week's sort of section of James 1, 19 through 21, really where was the meat of our conversation. But I I really like, uh, I was really confused by 21 earlier in the week. And so when I'm confused, usually I go to the message version. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Eugene. Yeah, thanks for simplifying the language here. And he he wrote something that I just thought was really interesting, and it's you know, take it what it is, but in simple humil- humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the Word, making a salvation garden of your life. That was sort of his idea of twenty one, which is. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. You know, I. it's interesting to think about our spiritual lives as gardens, right? There's seasons of like Lent where they are supposed to go fallow and rest and everything dies in the winter, you know, and then spring, new life, Easter, resurrection to the summer months of common life, you know, just the normal heat and rainy seasons and all that stuff, and then back to fall of the celebration of what God's doing. And those are really good metaphors, I think, for the Christian life. Like, But it all revolves around this idea. Let me get to the idea, I guess. And that is that God is the gardener. You know, that he can only use the materials you give him. And going back to reading God's word and planting it, God's word, um, being able just to bring about life. You know, we, we talk about listening to God's word, but how do we go about, Thomas, how would you suggest we go about just implanting God's word um, in some really practical ways? Well, I think in this passage you just brought up, what I like in, even in the illustration that Eugene's giving with the gardener is there's participation mm-hmm. or partnership really. Um there's something that we are to put off and there is something that we are to receive. But the thing that we are receiving is a thing that has been implanted by someone else. Mm-hmm. And then what has been implanted is doing a work that was cre- that w- it was created to do. And so you have two kind of forces oh, happening yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I have my participation of I'm actively trying to put off, like this is taking off old habits, old love relationships, love affairs, whatever it is with the world. That's not the things of the Lord. And then I'm receiving and receiving the thing that he implanted and that he, the thing he implanted has its own energy and botanical growth in it. Um, oh, no. I think Pastor Zach talked about this from the Thornton campus of it's like the seed has, has all the necessary elements to produce life. And so it just needs to be put into soil and then it lets, let it do its thing. And so our participation is know what, what is the nutrients of the soil that the seed comes into and what are the nutrients that we allow the seed to have mm-hmm. but it should germinate that's what it does that's what a seed does that's what the word of god does it germinates and produces fruit in our life so i just love that there's there's two participants here there's us mm-hmm. and then there's god and we're not left on our own to make it happen and nor are we just like innocent bystanders or robots where he just does this to us. Yeah. It's working with him. And I think, you know, Jesus probably said it best, right? My father's the, you know, the vine dresser, the gardener, I'm the vine dresser. Um, you are the vineyard mm-hmm. and abide in me. Hey, apart from me, you can do 
nothing. Yeah. And I, I like it's like not even something. He's not like you. You can't do very much. Yeah, like, you can do nothing. nothing. But at the same time, I'm called to be plugged into Him, connected to Him, attached to Him, and so put off, receive. He implanted. He's bringing about this transformational, you know, work of righteousness. Totally. I say this in actually my Bible reading this morning of just Jeremiah one, where I'm just starting Jeremiah and um, God calls Jeremiah, but in order for him to, for Jeremiah to believe it, he says, I formed you in your womb. I'm the one who knows exactly who you are. And you know, you're, you're going to grow because uh, I know who you are and I created you. And I think that's a really same sort of similar idea of like that we have to be plugged in and we have to realize that God is our creator and because he's our creator, he knows best how to grow us and how to shape us into what he needs from us. Yeah. So this Sunday, um, kind of here's where we're going on Sunday, which I'm super excited is, okay, so James is talking to people who are in the midst of trials and he's saying, okay, when you, when you hit the troubles of life, this is, you know, what to think. Um, and then what to ask for, and then how to listen. And I think he's going to answer this last question that we immediately ask in the middle of trials is, what do I do? What, what am I supposed to do? And then he's going to talk about what does the Christian do in trials? That's so good, Thomas. That's so great. I'm so glad you've been listening in to the weekly this week. Hey, just a reminder, if you've listened to the Melissa and Jay episode of What Are We Reading?, uh, we suggested a book that we're going to be covering this month in March. We're going to make sure you pick it up, get it. It's going to be really important for the rest of the year and our sort of process of reading together here at Calvary. And it's in the show notes today. It's Crafting a Rule of Life. You can click on your Amazon, get it. Um, it's going to be a really fun adventure. And if you miss out on the episode of What Are We Reading? It's the episode of Emotional Healthy Spirituality. We would love for you to listen in get inspired to become an emotionally healthy disciple of Jesus. Not only spiritually healthy, but emotionally healthy as well. All right. We love you. Thanks for listening. Like always, you can write us at the weekly and for all the information happening at Calvary, always go to calvarybible.com. Don't don't trust Jay's word for it. Just go to calvarybible.com, figure out what's going on in your neck of the woods. Love you. Talk to you soon. And have a great week, Calvary.